Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 199 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what is going on in our own lives. And Carly, I missed having you here last week. It is not as much fun doing this without you. Uh, how have you been and what have you been up to? I have been great. Um, I did a little hibernation this weekend, you know, to get ready for summer travel. Uh, the last couple of weeks I did a few fun things. I, uh, went to Great Wolf Lodge for my first time. Oh, a little staycation there. Which one? I went to the one in Concord, North Carolina. Okay. And I had an amazing time. It definitely exceeded my expectations. It was so well themed. Excellent. The food was really good. Mm. Um, the the room was so nice, and it's like a wilderness lodge esque. You know, uh, uh-huh. it was it was a really great time. We did like an adults only trip, and there was actually a lot of other adults only doing it too. Uh, briefly popped in to Universal to go to Minion Cafe. Oh, I've eaten there a couple times in the last few weeks. What did you think? I loved it. Well, first off, obviously, the atmosphere is amazing. Mm -hmm. They did such a good job. It's such a one-up from the Hollywood version, which I love the food there, but you don't sit inside. Um, I thought the food here was much better than the one in Hollywood and the decor. Yeah, and it's just like much more exciting food. I only got one thing. I tried the Agnes's Honeymoon Soup. With oh, the okay. Grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. The soup was flavorful. The crispy little pork belly on it was wonderful. The the little pimento grilled cheese that was like the mm. waffle grilled cheese. It was excellent. I'm excited to let, come back and have more time and try many things because the menu is quite eclectic, very extensive. And, yeah, um, it's like, very so diverse. Exciting to see a quick service place at Universal. Mm-hmm do this yeah so. it's 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 a step up from quick service you know their universal sort of uh got this mid-range Hybrid, yeah. between the counter service you know what we think of this the traditional fast food and the sit down they've got places that are like the leaky cauldron or or three broomsticks uh where the food is elevated um, and there's a little bit more service to it. Uh, I like the way that you can do a mobile order and then they show you to a table and uh, you yeah. just tap your your phone. Hopefully the NFC tag works correctly. You just tap your phone and it, it knows where you're sitting and brings it to you. But I'd say I've gotten my food very fast every time oh, I've yeah. eaten there. Um, uh, the only thing that I had that I didn't think was a home run was the uh, the noodle bowl. Because I thought the broth was kind of oh bland, yeah you said that a, mm-hmm. a great presentation but the Szechuan chicken you also you get live half right. yeah yeah you get half of um, the chicken and a big bowl of noodles the pet rock which is peanut butter and uh, grape jelly uh, with a chocolate shell that was delicious and I think the sleeper hit is the minion tots they have these tater tots that are shaped like minions yes. but it's kind of it's not just uh, it, it's like a flavored mashed potato kind of inside. I'm not sure exactly what the it's filling like a, is. Um, it's a smashed potato, basically. Yeah, like it's delicious. Fried, yeah. Those mm-hmm. are some of the best potatoes, fried potatoes on Universal property. Yes. So a lot well, of good I, things. I uh, tested out using a gift card because I found like, you oh, know, the Mardi okay. Gras AP gift cards that they Yes, like, you discovered one. 
well, I did it and forgot I had it. Yeah. So what a winner now. Uh, so I tested out using the gift card and it was this quick. There's mm. not a lot of people are doing the going up to the register thing. So it took literally two seconds purchased within like three to five minutes. I got my food. Oh, so you, yeah, you, I don't think you can use a gift card in the mobile no, app. So yes, there is still a, a counter, even though they're focused on mobile order, there is still a counter if you want to go up and order directly. Um, I, uh, my big uh, expedition, I did something that I hardly ever do. I went to a theme park on a holiday. Fourth uh, of July, I Ooh. went to Epcot to see the fireworks. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my rule is try to avoid uh, theme parks, especially Disney on major holidays. I will say from the data we're looking at and just my experience walking around the park, it was one of the least busy 4th of July's that I can remember. Um, right. You know, uh, not as bad, not as dead as the uh, the very first 4th of July after the pandemic, but um, surprisingly quiet and definitely not uh, not as busy as even a, an average summer day last year. Right. Um, and we're seeing a lot of people, especially like this week, I'm actually in like a group conversation about this, like speculate why. Mm -hmm. I went over Christmas and it was dead. I had like the best Magic Kingdom day mm -hmm. ever, the best ever day in Diagon Alley. And it's like, we can think of all these reasons, but it's really hard because there's so many factors playing in. I think people yeah. travel differently post COVID, mm -hmm. you know? So I, it's, it's so crazy, but it's hard now because you cannot really ever say there's never been an off time, at least for the last like decade, no. but now it's even more complicated. I, I've, I will say I, the busiest days that I've experienced over the last year have been at times we would have traditionally thought of as slower times. And some of the slowest days have been during what should have been a peak. Um, you know, you can blame part of it on the ride or the park reservation system. Um, you can blame part of it on things like Genie Plus making the parks feel different than maybe they're right. actually, you know, the number of people in the parks. Um, I think one thing that people might be underestimating is the weather this summer. Uh, having lived here since the mid '90s, I can't remember a summer with worse uh, heat and then worse rain. Um, it's like you know we've always gotten those afternoon thunderstorms, and usually you can just sort of ride it out for 15 minutes. But when these hit now, they are brutal. It feels like a mini hurricane. Right. And uh, we got such torrential rain on 4th of July in the afternoon. Um, I think that might have, you know, pushed some people away. I know that we uh, we were headed into the park and we detoured to the Yacht Club and just hung out uh, at the Yacht Club for a while waiting for the storm to pass. Um, right. And I don't think we were the only ones. No. And, you know, like the summer vacation is like such an 80s, yep. 90s mindset. And now mm -hmm. parents are like, I'm pulling my kids out of school in October because I just got this deal. And it's a little more, yeah, less traditional. Uh, but it's kind of awesome because now there are days where you can really enjoy and do a lot of things and experience those kind of less crowded moments. Yeah. Though I will say that this these drop-offs, I think, apply more to Disney than to Universal because Universal, I wasn't at Universal on the 4th of July, uh, but I did go a couple days after. Uh, and Universal, to me, uh, while did not feel as busy as last year, still felt busier than yeah. Disney. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's a complicated thing. There are a lot of people. There's actually an article uh, today in the uh, I believe the Washington Post uh, that quotes uh, touring plans um, and some other organizations that we're friends with. So uh, check that out. Yeah, this the story of of attendance in Orlando this year is all over the place. So um, having said that, uh, I think it is just about time for us to dive into the news all right uh so i think that the first news story might involve a bit of an apology on my uh behalf because I kind of maybe made fun of the idea of this a little when we talked about it. But from all the reviews, all the videos, this appears to be a big hit. And I am talking about Rogers the Musical at Disney California Adventure. Uh, we've got photos. We've got mm -hmm. a making of panel. Um, we got lots of information about this new epic one-act musical being performed in the Hyperion Theater. But the consensus seems to be a big thumbs up. Yes, stellar reviews. The only negativity as I've seen is a uh, closed Sunday, Monday. So it's dark. Yes. Two days of a week for a limited run show. So maybe mm -hmm. they didn't cast enough. Maybe they didn't predict demand. I, Based on the fact that they are performing so few shows a day, um, and that they are dark two days a week, I have to assume that they only have a single main cast and maybe <laughs> some swing, a handful of swing understudies, but they don't have a full A cast and B cast uh, like they traditionally do for a show like this. Um, I got to guess that's because this is was only intended as a short-term summer promotion. If this had been uh, conceived as a long-term thing, I think they probably would have doubled. Maybe the reaction to this will encourage them to uh, double cast it and extend this um, because I've heard great things, um, you know, not just about uh, the music, um, but also about uh, the story and the emotion uh, because right. they, it seems to focus not just on Steve Rogers and the story of Captain America, but it also makes a lot of room for one of my favorite Marvel characters, uh, Peggy Carter, Peggy Carter Agent yep. Peggy Carter. Mm -hmm. uh, and she she really seems to get her due in this. So um, I really wish I could get out and see it in person. Uh, well, I but, think we're blocked out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we sure are. Yeah. Um, we sure are. And uh, until August, and I'm pretty sure this is going to wrap up. Uh, just before our passes open back up again. But uh, we do have photos, we've got videos, and we've got a great panel discussion uh, that you can listen to the audio of. The only thing that I'm not 100% sold on is most of the costumes uh, look pretty fleshed out, you know, pretty, pretty fully developed costumes, except for the Avenger characters themselves. And they all seem to be in these, like, casual reinterpretations like they're wearing hoodies and stuff it sort of they're reminds bounding. me of like they're <laughs> bounding it sort of reminds me of like spider-man in the first spider-man movie where where he's just like wearing a sweatshirt with a, a spider painted yeah. on it um but all the uh, all the other costumes the video the set pieces all look really broadway quality oh absolutely i mean they've just put so much marketing behind this for a limited run mm -hmm. 
short uh, week series. Uh, but you know what? More live entertainment in the parks, more live actors working. Mm -hmm. Amen. I don't care what the show is. Keep them going. Amen. Um, well, you know, it does show some faith in it that they went out of their way to produce a whole bunch of merch, yep. uh, including T-shirts, signs, magnets, and ornaments. And they've also, uh, as as every good uh, Disney um, show or event has to have, there is an upcharge. Um, you can uh, purchase a reserved seating that comes with a, a popcorn bucket full of red, white, and blue popcorn. Uh, and there's also plenty of other uh, food tied into this. Um, all, I'm sure, beautiful to look at and absolutely way too sweet to eat. Yes, except for the hot dog. That one. The hot dog, actually, good. the pastrami pretzel hot dog looks yes. pretty good. With the everything seasoning. So, yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on, but this gives us a little bit of good faith for the future of the theater. Yeah. So, uh, actually, the uh, last performance of this right now is scheduled to place take place on august 31st uh so if it runs throughout august i think our our passes unblock uh before the end of that so maybe we can uh take a trip out there squeeze it in yeah squeeze it in um if you have seen this give us a shout out and let us know uh what you thought uh next up now for something completely different uh on the yes. 4th of july Las Vegas had a big debut after what seems like years of development and construction. The Sphere Las Vegas, the MSG Sphere, uh, turned on, debuting the world's largest LED screen. And if you think that the, uh, the beacons of light uh, LEDs that they have on Spaceship Earth are impressive, uh, you ain't seen nothing compared to this. It is massive right and you know what things never photograph or video well but this looks so insane on my little tiny iphone screen <laughs> so that says something there uh if you go to our youtube channel uh there's some drone footage of this uh i've also seen footage that people took from the parking lot it is just stunning uh it, okay so this thing measures 500 and 80,000 square feet of projection surface um, covered in 1.2 million LED pucks. And each of those pucks has 48 individual lights. So uh, what you get is five times the surface area of Spaceship Earth. That number is crazy. When I read that, I was <sighs> trying to wrap my head around it or even picture what that will look like in person. Unreal. So so on uh, on the 4th of July, Independence Day, uh, they kicked this thing off. I believe it was like 9 p.m. Vegas time. I thought it was fun that the first thing uh, it displayed when it booted up was Hello World, uh, which if, if you know the history of computer science, it's like Hello World is like the first thing you teach a computer uh, to, to say when you develop a new operating system. Um, but it progressed to doing just absolutely amazing visuals um it turns into underwater it turns into the surface of the moon for me the creepiest thing was it became a giant eyeball and yes. it was like photorealistic super detailed eyeball with veins and stuff looking around and blinking um absolutely yeah. stunning uh and this thing is going to apparently run nightly um 
you know, having free shows on the strip, off the strip, actually. It's it's a bit off the strip. Um, you but fit on the strip. <laughs> no, you couldn't fit this thing no. off the strip. It's actually a bit east of the strip. Um, if, if you want to take a ride on the high roller, that oh, will that give you at the viewing. link, that would give you great viewing. Uh, a lot of the hotels on the east side of the strip, um, if they face to the east, you're going to have amazing views of this thing. Um, but it, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's great that there's a new free show in Vegas. Cause like we still have the Bellagio fountains, but, uh, you know, we're losing the, uh, the, uh, Mirage volcano. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those, you know, free entertainment, like the pirate ship, pirate at show? Treasure Island, oh. all long gone. Okay. Um, so it's great to have another free show in Vegas, uh, but, but the show, <laughs> yeah. Well, the show inside is definitely not free. <laughs> but also, this is going to be yeah. a means of advertising. Yes. So. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. This is like the world's biggest billboard. Right. Um, and the number one thing it's it's advertising is the MH, MSG Sphere Theater, uh, which is the entertainment venue, which is the inside this thing. Yeah. Um, and that is going to need some help. Uh, because they have spent so much money building this thing. Uh, I was looking at tickets for uh, U2, Achung um, Baby Live, uh, featuring U2, is going to be the first show in here. Right. Uh, it opens in September. Um, the opening shows are sold out. Uh, I did see that there were some tickets available starting at $500 a piece. Uh, and they go up to $4,000 plus a piece. Um, there's also going to be a film made by Darren Aronofsky that's going to play on the giant screen inside of here. Um, and that's also pretty expensive. Uh, that's like a $60 minimum to see that movie. Right. And, you know, Vegas is expensive, but it's really Vegas, expensive yes. as people think it is. You know, like there are a lot of things you could do that aren't as crazy it's going to be more than everything. You know? Well, you know, the economics of Vegas are very interesting. Um, you've always had uh, these casinos with theaters, with artists like your Celine Dion's or, or Adele or yeah. Donny Osmond um, and these big, expensive, elaborate theaters, these big, expensive shows. But generally, they've been subsidized by the gambling. You know, the casino is what's underwriting this. And even though the ticket prices might, seem astronomical if you go to the box office a lot of those people in there are not paying those prices they are being Correct. comped or underwritten by the casino and the hotel side the msg sphere is not attached to any casino or any hotel it is a standalone thing so i am really curious uh the whales the gamblers uh who base who you know fill up the expensive seats at these vegas theaters how are they going to get over there what's what's going to draw them over there um right. so uh this you know there's a lot of questions uh economically about the sphere uh, but from all the renderings we've seen uh, all the construction photos it, it's going to be a, an incredible venue to see a show in um, i hope i get a chance um just the fact you know we talked about the uh when I was in Abu Dhabi at the SeaWorld uh, there has mm -hmm. this enormous wraparound screen um, that's a 8K resolution, I think. This is a 16K by 16K resolution, the highest resolution LED screen on Earth uh, 
in the inside. Of do I need this. sunglasses? I, I really do. I think this thing could blind you if, right. if, it, if you want to. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm looking forward. Uh, it's just a couple more months until this opens up. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see if this model, this business model works, uh, because the, the number one thing I've heard is that bands, uh, artists aren't kind of intimidated. Uh, if you look at this picture here, you see this vast space and the band is this tiny little dot right here. Uh, and there are only certain artists that want to compete, uh, with a screen, the world's largest led screen, um, you know, uh, just this expense of coming up with a show that really utilizes that screen. Um, that alone is a big barrier to doing a concert here. So once U2 finishes their residency, it's going to be really interesting to see what other kind of acts they can get to sign on to do something on this scale. I don't think there are a lot of acts that that wouldn't be just kind of dwarfed uh, and, and um, overshadowed right. by this room. We shall see. Yeah. If you want more information about the MSG Sphere, you can visit sphereentertainmentco.com. Uh, and like I said, on our YouTube channel, we've got some great video. Next up, Los Angeles is welcoming some new immersive escape rooms. Your from favorite. <laughs> industry leader 60 Out. Uh, they're opening a flagship location for their experience for their escape rooms at HHLA, uh, formerly known as Promenade at the Howard Hughes Center. Uh, it's going to feature some of the West Coast's most innovative escape rooms. Yes, this sounds really fun. I was particularly interested in what they have licensed for the mm -hmm. first entertainment, uh, the Smurfs. <laughs> it, you couldn't well, get two more different uh, oh, yeah. titles. You've got on one hand the Smurfs, a uh, family-friendly interactive intera uh, adventure. And on the other hand, you have Godzilla versus Kong. And I so badly want a mashup of the two of those where it's Godzilla <laughs> and Kong versus the Smurfs. It, it's just wild. When I read that, I was like, my jaw dropped a little bit because you never would read those in the same sentences. <laughs> uh, other anticipated ones include the Titanic, which... I would love to do. I love the Titanic Museum. I think it is one of the coolest immersive museums. So I'm just wondering what an escape room approach to I, Titanic is going to be. I, I got to say that uh, I would have to learn more because I think that's a, a could be a delicate uh, matter of taste. Like, Escaping. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you didn't make it out in 60 minutes. 60 minutes. You drowned. So sorry. <laughs> You're third class. Oh, you figured out all the clues. I mean, you get to get be first class. You get so you, you get to get on a lifeboat. <laughs> yeah, that that could be a little rough. They've also got Casino Heist, um, a, a hotel on Route Road 66 that is based on a true crime story. Uh, and if you don't like the physical escape rooms, they've also got uh, VR experiences too. Um, they uh, this company was the first to uh, have a uh, a escape room license back in 2017 for Jumanji. Um, mm -hmm. And this new entertainment center cost them nearly three million dollars um, in really elaborate sets, props. Um, you can see some of the designs they've got for Godzilla versus Kong. Uh, it's definitely a step up over uh, some of your strip mall escape rooms. Absolutely. And that like 
makes me think of, you know, Universal's great movie escape. It's really hard to market mm-hmm. these because they're not, you, they fall under the escape room category. So you call them escape rooms, mm-hmm. but it's almost not fair to call them escape rooms because yeah, they they're... are next level from, like you said, your strip mall. Yes, absolutely. Um, they, uh, this is the location that's near the uh, airport, but they've got four other locations in town um, with uh, themes ranging from Alice in Wonderland to Dracula. Um, and they, uh, this location, this is the new flagship location. It's going to be open Monday through Friday, 10 to 10, and Saturdays and Sundays from 10 to half past midnight. Uh, if you go to 60 out Dot com you can get more info and make a reservation um this is one that i might check out i you're right i absolutely love escape rooms and this one uh definitely looks uh next level so i i would love to check this out absolutely. if any of our california visitors uh are in that area and uh, want to visit this one for us uh, let us know what it's like all right and uh last We've got uh, New Yorkers who are still playing Angry Birds uh, have the first ever Angry Birds Cafe to visit uh, in uh, New York City. But it's not Manhattan, New York City. It's Queens. Yes. Yes. Uh, So I'm going home in a couple of weeks and I'm going into Manhattan to see Little Shop of Horrors. So I was like, this has to be in Midtown. So I'll go Mm -hmm. pop in. And then I looked and I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm not going. (laughs) I'll check out anything if it's in the vicinity of where I'm going. So I I actually, as soon as I saw the address for this, I knew exactly where it was because this is... uh, this is blocks away from where my mom uh, grew up uh, in uh, a flushing. Um, It is, uh, it's funny because uh, this neighborhood, um, you know, a long time ago uh, was, it was Jewish, uh, Eastern European. um, And over the years has transformed different ethnicities and is now heavily Chinese. It is one of the, uh, largest Chinatowns in uh, the country. And uh, it is not far from uh, the uh, site of the classic 1964 World's Fair, uh, mm-hmm. New York Mets City Field and the U.S. Open Tenant Center. Uh, and they have built this shopping mall called uh, Tangram. Uh, and it is a giant uh, Asian shopping mall, and uh, it's anchored now by the Angry Birds Cafe. Uh, so it is the the perfect place uh, for something like this. Absolutely, and it does look really cute. I mean, mm-hmm. they always execute these kind of niche shops very well. So yep. would be so, worth a visit. So uh, the cafe, uh, you can uh, get Chef Pig's signature hamburgers and sandwiches. Uh, and tweet sweet desserts. Um, there's bubble teas, uh, coffees, hot chocolates, uh, and everything, of course, is Instagram worthy. Uh, plenty of photo ops. And did we mention merch? Oh, there's merch. There's, oh, there's so much merch. merch. <laughs> um, yeah, lots of exclusive uh, t shirts, hoodies with limited time graphics. Uh, they've got special in house artists and, and exclusive designs. Um, and uh, they've got partnerships with Venom Collection and Capsule Skateboards. Uh, so you can get some trendy items uh, with them. 
And uh, they also have setups for private parties and events. They have nests. Uh, there are little private rooms you can rent out and play Angry Birds VR uh, or other games. Very fun. And like you said, it's only less than a mile from mm -hmm. the 1964 World's Fairground, which is so fun to go to. Go, go, go. Um, amazing to see. Yep. Um, so if you want some more information on this, uh, go to T-A-N-G-R-A-M-N-Y-C dot com. All right. <clears throat> that is going to bring us to the end of our news. Uh, before we jump into the big story of the week, it is time to hear a word from our sponsors. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! All right, for this week's main attraction, we have some news that has crossed over from the theme park world into the mainstream media. Oh, uh, you know it's big news when it shows up on Good Morning America and your grandma is talking about it. Carowinds has addressed the big crack in their Fury 325 coaster. Uh, we have some details about their plans to repair it and reopen it. Uh, this is... Probably the biggest unplanned closure in theme parks this season. Uh, it is big news because just an ordinary guest standing in line waiting to ride the big Fury 325, which we have talked about several times uh, in, in recent weeks. I was on it for the first time a month ago. <laughs> a month ago, just a month ago. And I guarantee that crack did not appear overnight. That crack was forming a month ago. Uh, but it was spotted. It was reported to um, uh, park uh, operators who shut down the ride. But it had gotten to the point where the crack was fully through the support pipe. And if you watch the video carefully, um, you can see the pipe completely detaches. The whole track shifts. And you see daylight. You should not see daylight through a support uh, when a roller coaster is on it. Yes. Uh, Very so scary. When I heard this happened, I thought, so Fury 325 lines up to the parking lot, the main parking mm -hmm. lot. So when you're walking into the park after you park your car, you're in front of one of the main support beams. Ah. So I was like, I wonder if that was it. No. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a one tucked around the side where uh, group trip school buses park. Oh, so okay. if you are parking in the normal parking lot, you would definitely have seen it. But it's kind of tucked away to the side. So I'm thinking that the person that caught it was parked in kind of a weird area. And that's how they saw it. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy that this went undetected and scary. And yeah. why did this happen, you know? Yeah, we have uh, a link to the original video. <clears throat> and uh, it's it's pretty scary. Mm -hmm. um, the So let's make clear. There have been no injuries. Uh, there have been no deaths. No one reported getting hurt by this. So that's a good thing. It was caught 
in time. Uh, but to be to be honest, like uh, they they did close the ride that day when they discovered it, um, and immediately began inspections uh, and repairs. They've been using drones to inspect it, and they said they're going to do that going forward. Um, so I on went July on uh, Saturday, and there was like cranes in the area, so I think oh they were yeah supporting the track with cranes. Yeah, it's. So on July 6th, they released a statement. Uh, we've got a link to it, and we're not going to read the entire statement. Um, but basically, uh, they said that uh, B&M, uh, which is the manufacturer of the ride, is manufacturing a new support column that they are going to remove the old one, uh, install a new support column, and then they are going to thoroughly test it. They're going to run at least uh, 500 complete cycles with no guests. Um, uh, they're going to do all sorts of accelerometer tests and inspections. Um, and then once that's done, then they'll have a date for us when the yeah. ride is going to reopen. But what I, I the big thing is reevaluating their maintenance and inspection process. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so the in interesting thing about this is, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's going to be investigation into whether this was a contributing factor. The fact that carrot winds sits across two state lines um you've got some of the rides are in south carolina some of the rides are in north carolina i believe fury 325 it falls under the north carolina um bureau of yes. uh, labor mm -hmm. um but from what i understand there's really no coordination between the two state inspection teams um and you know maybe that's something that they're going to look at uh getting those two two groups to talk to each other um they they have not detailed any specifics about why this happened, how this happened, other than saying that it appears that the crack formed along a weld line. Um, but right, uh, so it's, it's a complicated situation because you could blame B and M who created yeah. it, but it's also the fault of the park for not noticing it because like you said, it yeah. was there before that day. Yeah, you said you were on it just a month ago. They have um they have evidence that the crack was there as early as June 24th. So it, it, it had been formed for at least a week and uh, who knows how much longer before that um, might've not been visible, but might've been starting. Um, Absolutely. I will say I did go on a coaster this weekend. Yes. There, and I did notice quite a few like maintenance ish looking people like hanging I can imagine. around the loading station. So I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, Yes, uh, you know, it, you always feel a little bit better when you see lots of the the blue shirts, uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. making sure that everything so, is is tight. Yes. But uh, yeah, I mean, you never want to see things like this, especially you don't want it to see it crossing from the you know the niche uh, enthusiast news groups over into you know prime time network, right? You know, or Good Morning. You don't want to see this on Good Morning America. It's not. Absolutely. It's not a good look. But you know what? It's like theme parks are a place where so many of us feel like unequivocally safe right. that when something mm -hmm. happens like this, it's kind of earth shattering. It's the same kind of a lot of us felt like when Disney closed with the pandemic, it's like these are certain certainties in our life that we're like, they're just there. They're safe. It's fine. And yep. when this happens, it kind of just rocks you to the core because you're like, maybe I'm not as safe as yep. I thought I was. Yeah. And you know, uh, a, just thank goodness that, uh, you know, this was an incident that was caught in time. Um, and, you know, they're going through the process. They're they're fixing it. 
Uh, it's not a situation like with the drop tower here in Orlando where someone had to lose their life to find out that, you know, things weren't functioning correctly. Right. So um, good luck to the uh, <laughs> good luck to the folks, the maintenance folks in, in uh, Carowinds, because I'm sure that they are all working triple time uh, right now. They've got a lot of yes. all eyes on them. So. Uh, good luck, folks. I kind of want to go when they put the new I, beam in. I, I I totally want you to go and uh, then report back. Got it. Well, I think that is just going to about bring us uh, to the end of this week's broadcast. But before we wrap up, let's take a look back at some of the comments that we got uh, from our listeners or watchers in the queue um and wiser says that they love the barbie movie because they're going to see it with their mom so yay uh, i'm excited i mean the marketing is unreal yes oh oh my god i i would not be surprised if it ends up uh making uh as much money as the super mario movie i feel like it's got that kind of pent up uh whoever is leading the marketing promotional campaign like they're or a king or a queen because it is everywhere you cannot escape it yeah brilliant and i mean you and the movie who knows how that's going to be but i'm going to see it now just because of all this uh vince lamb is wishing everyone a happy pina colada day and an early mojito day and okay. World Population Day. Do you think that all those pina coladas and mojitos might contribute to the world population? Yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, thank you. Uh, yes, I braved the theme park crowds on July 4th. And like we said, uh, it was surprisingly not awful. I was shocked. I was able to get a reasonable spot to watch the 4th of July fireworks on the international like the bridge between uk and france um as the fireworks were happening i was still able to find a spot that's amazing yeah i mean and if you want to do magic kingdom you just have to go the day before (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly exactly um uh hola uh to antonio rodriguez thank you for joining us um uh, Nweiser was asking if I have seen the musical Six. Uh, yes, I have. I think we might have talked about that. I got to see it on tour, and I enjoyed that a lot more than I expected. Uh, yeah, and the touring, pro- touring production uh, starred a uh, Orlando actress who is now in Here Lies Love, uh, which I've got some friends who've seen on Broadway uh, and really liked. Uh, I'm a, I love David Byrne and uh, seeing him collaborate with Fat Boy Slim. I wish I could get yes. up there to see that. Um, and Vince has a bit of trivia just to show how important Flushing Queens is to Chinese Americans. Inside Edition recorded their 2020 Lunar, Lunar New Year segment in Flushing. Ooh. I did not know that. Uh, and finally, Austin says that they were there that day at Carowinds uh, when the crack was discovered on Fury 325. Pretty freaky. Um, glad, glad everything turned out okay for everyone there. So... All right. Well, that is going to bring us to the end of another episode. Uh, thanks again to MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Please, everyone, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to us, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And be sure to follow us 
at attractionsmagazine.com. Search for Attractions Magazine on whatever social media platform you uh, follow, including Threads. We are now on Threads. And until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. And we will see you again next time. Bye. Thank you.